0: What's up, Comic Book fans? comic book transform, where we talk about the adaptations of your favorite comic books into streaming shows and movies. I'm here with my very good friend, Brian, who is sitting in front of Unicron, the guy that we know is going to show up in Transformers Rise of the Beasts.
1: Yeah, I wonder if you would eat ego. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a good that's question.
1: A crossover. I mean, I know Unicron is just, you know, Galactus, but you know, <laughs>
0: Has Galactus or Ego ever fought each other, you think?
1: You know, they had to have met at some point, you know? Um, Yes. I I, I mean, I I don't see why I wouldn't need him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about Ego the Living Planet today because Brian and I are here to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, which came out uh, way back in 2017. And this is all in our preparation for... um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which comes out in like two days.
1: Uh, well, tomorrow, because I'm seeing it tomorrow. <laughs>
0: oh, that's right. Newsflash, I'm seeing it tomorrow too. <laughs> oh, so nice. I... Yeah, yeah so we should have just recorded. Okay, that's fine. We'll do it again. <laughs> we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um, next week we're going to cover Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but today we're going to talk about Volume 2, which gets a lot of flack. So, Brian. I I, man, I, i always love this movie. I, I, I,
1: have many times said, uh, I had a couple minor issues with the first movie. Um, I, I think this is just way better overall. Yeah. Um, it's, it just, te- I think it tells a better story. I mean, it's not an origin story. I think that's the kicker is that people like to get to know the characters. Um, there, there's, there is something about an origin story that seems to work better, uh, for some franchises. And m- maybe that's the case here. I personally don't think so. I, I, the i think every arc in this movie for every character is satisfying to me Mm. i i think this is an excellent example of a team movie of a space movie of an emotional movie i like i i really can't think of anything bad about i i mean i can't think of anything bad but my initial original criticism that i always say is that maybe there are some parts that are a little slow in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, i think once when peter goes to uh ego ego's planet um it it can seem a little bit of a lull but i don't think so i don't think anything's wasted i think it's a it's a what's about two hours and 20 minutes or so yeah i mean i I think everything is well used it doesn't feel like it's too long it doesn't you know nothing feels excessive it's great and i'm gonna go out on a limb here i'm gonna say um that i honestly think i would take Baby Groot over Baby Yoda. Oh shit!
0: Damn.
1: After we watch movie, like, I, like honestly.
0: <laughs> yes, I I do think that Baby Yoda is a direct result of Baby Groot, like Baby yep. Groot's popularity. Um, sure. you bring up a point that I, I wanted to address, and I, I, let's just get right to it. Um, there is this weird feeling when you watch this movie. There's the storyline that's going on on Ego's planet with Peter and Drax and Gamora. And ego himself and mantis then there's this other storyline that's going on with um the ravagers and rocket and um brute and uh yondu right now i think that there's something about that part where they're divided and it's in the middle where it feels a little off and i think that at this point in the mcu people had gotten spoiled you know this is the 15th movie in the mcu and things had just sort of gotten better and better. And within this year that it came out, in 2017, you had this movie, then you had Thor Ragnarok, and then you had Spider-Man Far From Home. So I think everybody was like super amped about what's next, what's next. And this movie feels like a very personalized movie about the Guardians versus like the next stepping stone towards Thanos.
1: Of course, this this barely has anything to do with the Infinity Saga. Barely. I mean, I mean, really, the inclusion of Gamora and Nebula is really the only connection that there is. Yeah. I uh, and, and I think the movie is better for it, honestly. I, I think um, I, I think that, uh, well, like I said last week, when we, we talked about Guardians 1, uh, I, I would have preferred if if the Guardians were kind of like set off on their own, apart from the, the Earth-based stuff, and we had a whole cosmic marvel springing out of that, rather than, and I think we w- would have gotten things more like this movie, uh, mm-hmm. and rather than you know t- tying it so uh heavily to the infinity side
0: yeah well i i agree with you on that I, I think that the cosmic stuff really flourishes when it's just cosmic stuff and it's not tied in with the uh, earth stuff and that goes for the comics mm-hmm. too but um i kept trying to think of why do people not like this movie so much and i have like this one friend who i feel like has really good taste and he was like really upset with me that i ranked this movie so high um What i was going to say was that 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 pacing in the middle the emotional beats for the rocket story with yondu and the beats with peter they're not like synced up so you have this like really intense horrible stuff happening with rocket and uh groot like pretty early on in the movie and then the stuff with peter where you know there's a turn and there's a reveal about ego that comes much later in the movie and so it, it kind of feels like there's like meandering going on on ego's planet but as i watch it every scene is necessary because like it, it fulfills a point that moves the sto- story forward it's not like there's sort of any kind of excess baggage that you could really cut out do you, do you agree with that or 100 agree every every moment is well used in this movie right right um,
1: but you're right. Like, like there is, there is, there is like a lull in action. I suppose. I mean, they they try to move the action forward with, on the rocket and Yondu and Groot side when it's a lull in uh on on ego the ego side, and, and then we do eventually get a big scene there. But you know, uh, I that I, that's the only thing I can think of really why people dislike this movie or don't rank it rated it as highly as the first. Well,
0: I I also feel like there's one other thing too that the first movie was such a darling for, like, critics and Marvel fans and just everyone in general. People love the first movie. They play the music. They love Groot and Rocket Raccoon. So they're really expecting to knock it out of the park with this movie. And I think that this movie is a really great sequel, but it's not like The Empire Strikes Back or something where it's like, oh, my God, this phenomenal sequel. It's just a really great continuation of the story. And with that being said, I think that there's like more jokes that they try to stick in in the beginning of this movie and not every joke lands. And that can also make a movie feel not as good.
1: See, I disagree there. I think every joke lands in this movie.
0: You think every joke lands? Yeah. Well, what's
1: example? I mean, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what's an example of one that didn't land for you? Um,
0: I mean, there's things that like get little chuckles. Like for instance, like every time that Quill tells Drax about the batteries, he says, whatever the fuck kind of batteries are called. And then, I like Drax is the wrong name every time.
1: The arbullary batteries, and then right. I love that it, they changed it every time. I I like the the growth and the layer of that that they changed it every time. <laughs>
0: to yeah, me, that was funny. I mean Dave Batiste is really good in this in general. I don't I don't know. I I actually did appreciate the jokes more the second time too. I, I think that like it's an experience, I and mean, when you go to see it on opening night, the way the audience reacts affects you, and I think that like. For whatever reason, the audience wasn't laughing at all the jokes when I originally saw it in 2017.
1: Oh, see, I can't remember.
0: I I don't remember seeing it live that vividly, I guess. Well, doesn't it just feel like 2017 was like a fucking lifetime ago? I mean, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, at one point, it doesn't sound like
1: it is, but it feels like it, I guess. Yeah. Because it's only, you know, seven years ago, but
0: like that feels a lot longer than it sounds. Well, I mean, it's not even seven years, right? It's like kind of six, six and a half, yeah. Yeah, six and change, right? But, um, I mean, COVID and everything, right? After that, and then Trump, true, and, true. you know, um, you know, if, if you want to know what side we are politically, like, like, like oh, Trump. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I was gonna say was, this movie is the fifteenth Marvel movie, and Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania is what, like, thirty-four or thirty-five something like that. So we've more than doubled since then. (laughs) Yeah. There's been 20 Marvel movies and a shit ton of shows. And we've also had infinity war and Endgame too, you know? Yes. So it just, it feels like so much since then, but um, let's, let's talk about what works for this movie. So the opening is, is once again, great.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, Iconic, you know, I I love the, you know, that they, Oh well, are we talking about the opening with ego or are we talking about the opening with the team? I was talking about with the team.
0: However, that opening with Ego is very good, too.
1: Yes. And uh, th- this is actually maybe something that I, I feel hasn't aged well. But uh, I remember thinking at the time when I saw it, like, wow, that D.H. Kurt Russell like, he looks pretty good. Yeah. And this time watching it on TV, I'm like, I can see that that's a D.H. Kurt Russell. Like I could really tell this time. You know, like some yeah. people talking about the chin or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, it,
1: it was it was the kiss scene, actually. That was like, wow, like that looks really fake. Yeah, so that I mean, whatever it, it's, it's CG, it's not perfect, whatever. It's still, uh, it, it's incredible, honestly. Yeah, but I did feel that, um, you know, uh, that that, that has gotten better over time.
0: Yeah, um, I, I really like that sequence. I mean, the way that it's shot, to, um, you know, you have the, that big font that shows where it is and then the year, it's 1980. Um, and you have that song Brandy which I really had not listened to until I started watching this movie and once again with this movie I would just listen to the songs from the soundtrack over and over again and become familiar with them songs I never heard of before listened to before and,
1: and I um, love these songs and Brandy too is is mentioned throughout the movie it's part of the theme you know
0: absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. and so um you know, we see kind of there's something going on where he has this little plant, and it kind of reminded me of critters, like where the critters had these little eggs, and they were kind of planted in the barn and in the field and shit. I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of critters, which I'm sure is some kind of influence on James Gunn. But then we jump from that to 34 years later, which would only bring us to 2014, and this movie came out in 2017. So the idea is that like this movie's not too long after. The first Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think of the sovereign people that they had to, like, rescue the batteries for? for? Um, so I, I wasn't sure. I, I didn't
1: recognize them from any comics previously. Right. Uh, I don't believe the that that race is a part of Adam Warlock's uh, uh, um, origin or anything like that, or at least it wasn't back then. Yeah. I could be wrong about that. But um, I, I it, it was it, they were there as as a plot device essentially. You know, they they had they, they hired the guardians. It shows what they're doing. You know, they're just kind of mercenaries, sort of. Right. Uh, and they hired him to do a job, and then you know, it, it starts off with Rocket stealing the batteries, right? Okay. Which kind of sets them on a path that causes the entire movie to happen.
0: Right. It, it's one of those like problems that like it grows for the guardians and and life gets harder but had they not done this then they might not have run into ego you know and and so yeah I mean I think he probably was actively seeking quill out because ego mentions that he heard that quill had held an infinity stone and not died so he knew that that was his son so I guess ego would have run into him but um you know maybe their interaction would have gone differently but um yeah. They, they go to rescue these batteries that are like, I guess like being, there's a creature that seems to be wanting to get the batteries. It's like interdimensional, weird alien creature that they fight in the beginning. And I just love that fucking montage of them like shooting the creature and stabbing it while Groot's dancing around. Yep. And great, great song
1: playing in the background. I, I, I love the this the, the focus on Groot with all the stuff going on in the background. It, it, it's a great opening. Um, you, you don't see stuff like that too often, you know, Usually they focus on the actual action, but uh, yeah. I appreciated uh, the, that. And honestly, this this watching this scene is what, what made me think, like, wow, like this this is very familiar from The Mandalorian more recently. And, uh, but I, I ultimately think that this was better. And I think part of it, part of that reason is that it didn't, doesn't last. Uh, you know, it's just this movie and that's it. It's not too much. It's just mm-hmm. the right amount, honestly. <laughs> yeah,
0: agreed, agreed. Um, and it's kind of cool that, like, he's baby Groot in this, and, you know, it's in 2014, and then the next time we see him is, like, Avengers Infinity War, and I guess he's kind of, like, adolescent Groot, and yeah. enough years could have passed between then. That you make a really good point about comparing him to Baby Yoda and how, like, it's just enough. That's a really good point. And you made a really good point in the very beginning of our discussion how you said that, um, uh, fuck. I fuck. Oh, God, I had it in my head lined up.
1: <laughs> Shit. Oh, God damn it. Are oh, you're pulling at to me today. <laughs>
0: oh, I, I wanted to give you credit for what you said. And then I was like, you also said a really good other fucking thing too. God damn it. <laughs> it was about, um, it was about that, that sequence with Groot and, and the, oh, okay. Okay. So you said it's a really good team movie. That's what you said. That's what you said. Yes, yes. You said it's a really good team movie. And I think that one thing that's really established in that opening sequence is the way that they talk to each other and stuff. Like, Star-Lord gets, like, knocked over at one point, and he's on the ground by Groot, and he says, like, Groot, like, and and you can just tell by Chris Pratt's tone of voice that, like, he, he's trying to help him. They've been kind of in these situations before. There's all little subtle things, like just their tone of voice, the way they physically interact with each other, that shows that these people have been together for a while. Like, you really feel that sense of the team.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And, and like, there's arguing and bickering between um, Quill and and rocket raccoon which kind of sets this whole adventure off and um that just kind of feels like that's par for the course too
1: yeah i mean what 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 yondu eventually says to rocket later in the movie is that he keeps people at arm's length because he just doesn't know how to how to how to how to feel and do things um uh it's it's set up here yeah
0: yeah you know we watched peacemaker and you know we were such a we love that show and I feel like everything that James Gunn does in this, he does right. And with Peacemaker, there's a few things that are like a little off and it's, it's not as good as this. There, there are moments in Peacemaker that are better than a lot of the stuff in this, but I feel like this is the most consistently good. Well, um, I think,
1: um, I, I think it's, it's, that's gotta be the medium. Um, this is a, like we said, a two hour and 20 minute movie where Peacemaker is a, it was a 10 episodes, eight episodes whatever show. Right. And I think with the show, you have to hit various beats in an episode length that you may not, may not be best for the overall story, but it needs to be, you know, work for the episode to keep people interested and engaged. So yeah. I think working with a movie, um, I mean, it, it's hard to hit beats in anything really. Uh, <laughs> There are plenty of terrible movies out there, or movies people don't like, even you know, while others do. But um, it's—I honestly think that—and I I don't know what you're saying because I really enjoyed Peacemaker so much that I actually bought a Peacemaker comic today, which feels very much like the show. Honestly, Um, uh, I I don't know what you're talking about when you're talking about the moments you didn't feel worked.
0: Yeah. Okay. 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 I, I got. I got you. I got you. Like, with Peacemaker and then also with The Suicide Squad that James Gunn did, I feel like, this is what I feel, I feel like there is, like, humor in all of these movies that he makes, but with Peacemaker and with The Suicide Squad, it's like they they put in a little too much, and it doesn't always land, and it'll feel bloated because there's, like, scenes where they kind of just keep riffing, and it's like, okay, again, it's funny, but it's, like, it's not as tight. Whereas this movie, like you said, it's like two hours and 20 minutes. And also it, it's censored because it's a Marvel movie. So I think that like when he has those restrictions, he, it, it's like a lot tighter and it, it just is, it like works better. It's like Taika Watiti, right? Like um Thor, Ragnarok is like great. It's in my top 10. But Thor Love and Thunder is pretty close to the bottom for me.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I, I would say that most of the... Uh, I, I bet there was probably not much improv done on the set of Guardians 2. Right. I guarantee that there was some improv on Three, on Thor 3. And I guarantee that they thought, hey, we did so well with the improv last time. Let's do more of it. Right. And and that's where it was too much or some of it didn't work or something like that. Like that one, I totally agree that not every joke works. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: or some of them were just un- completely unsatisfying. They don't even give you that little chuckle or anything. Right. Um, I... Uh, yeah, like, I, I, I still think that everything here works really well in this movie. Yes. Uh, I, I, I I really can't think of what I didn't think worked in Peacemaker, but I understand what you're talking about when, when they go on those kind of tangents, like uh, like when, when, like, Peacemaker and uh, uh, Vigilante. Are like, uh, or Vigilante, or just arguing back and forth about something, and they just kind of go on a tangent. Yeah. I, I find those things fun. I, I can't think of the exact jokes off the top of my head right now, but I, I do i did find them funny um, okay so what would you think of Su- the suicide squad i loved the first like 40 minutes or 45 minutes of it or so but then i feel like it had a weird plateau and then it just took this weird turn at the end uh, so i did like the movie a lot um uh, but it, there is a turning point like I, I the first you know when they first up into the point where they're first getting to the island, they first meet the um the like the rebel forces or whatever that's all excellent that's all like top tier for me but then they they're kind of traveling afterwards and they, they go to like a, a bar and go to a party and they're running on a bus and some shit
0: um, yeah that's all weird weird filler for me yeah and, and the harley quinn stuff feels kind of weird too or she's the like a prisoner quinn stuff was a little weird um
1: i did really like that the, the the joke which was in the trailer where they're going to rescue her and she's just walking down the street like I thought that was hysterical honestly.
0: Right, right, right. And
1: um, and and they obviously needed to show what she was doing to make it funny. But right. the stuff she was doing wasn't that good. It was a little weird that that guy was so obsessed. All right, it's a, it's a choice though, whatever. It's fine. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't exactly all there, you know? Right, and right. Then the end with with Starro and all that, like that's that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> but it's again, it's not bad, but it's it's both both the middle and the end feel like different movies than the beginning to me. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I understand. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I thought that I like I really liked this movie the first time I saw it. Then when I would hear like my friends talking about, it, I'm like, okay, well, is there something wrong with this with Guardians Volume well, Two? But then watching it, I'm like, what the fuck is the matter with these people? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you froze. <laughs> well. In all these James Gunn comic book adaptations, there is these, there are these amazing sequences with, like,
1: oh, you're oh no, I'm cutting out? Yeah, okay, wait, you seem to be stabilizing,
0: okay. Okay, what I was saying was that, like, these movies, they feel like, the Transformers, the movie from nineteen eighty-six, because like the imagery syncs up so well with this music, and it's always this interesting musical choice that James Gunn makes for each of these sequences.
1: Yeah, and and on top of that too, the the Guardians theme is really good. Like yes, the, like the original theme. Yep, is really good, and I think it's underrated in terms of overall on the Marvel side.
0: I I think that the Guardians theme is the most recognizable MCU theme. Besides the Avengers theme.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: You know, um, and and like the MCU doesn't actually really have a lot of good themes for some reason. They don't use like that kind of thematic, like Batman 1989 or, you know, Superman kind of theme stuff. But this is a good theme. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Um. So let's talk about some of those sequences, though. Right. So uh, y- you have pretty early on the sequence where Rockets is working on their ship and then the Ravagers show up. And it's this song like Lakeshore Drive that's playing, right? No, 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 no. It's um, Southern Nights, right? And um, I've never heard that song before, but it's just fucking great the way he like messes up all those ravagers, just him.
1: Yeah. And he doesn't actually kill anybody either. He, he's just he kind of just fends them off and he has fun doing it. It was a great thing. You, you see this tiny little raccoon um, just literally taking up his army of guys by himself
0: right 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 and that leads to um you know the ravagers capturing him and Groot and i guess nebula too um but then the the ravagers have this sort of like you know mutiny because Yandu just wants to return the batteries and not you know turn in the guardians um what did you think of that sequence when they start like putting the ravagers out into space um, uh,
1: they, they seem to like to do that because they did that in the first movie, too. Um, uh, well, not the Ravagers. I mean, just jet, gun like because they had that scene where Peter and Gamora are out out there in the and the and they're freezing, so they did that again, and that was a little bit terrifying, you know. Mutin- uh, Mutiny is kind of scary there, and uh, I believe one of the guys that's actually is Steve Agee, who was Economos in uh Peacemaker and Suicide Squad.
0: Oh, uh, is he the one with the thick glasses? Thick glasses, kind of bald
1: head and the beard, yeah.
0: Okay, okay, uh, he
1: had a couple lines, um and uh but before we get, get too into that too i also want to comment on the song and rocket uh, i really loved how how often rocket mentions quill's music
0: yes and
1: he yes kind of says it like in a way like like he hates it he doesn't like it but he clearly does yep and i really appreciate that little nod there i think that adds a lot of like a like a very small little choice that has a lot of depth to his character and his arc
0: yeah really great point i noticed that yeah in the very beginning he's like working on something so they can play music when they fight um he's listening to the music when he's working on the ship Then at the end of the movie or not the end but like when he's with yondu on the ship they're like do you have any copies of quill's music yeah yeah yeah. um so uh it's funny because with with him you know we know that he's been experimented on we're going to see some crazy stuff in volume two but he is able to take out all those guys and then we get to that that mutiny like i was talking about and the guy that was on Yandu's side was this actor that was in, like, Gladiator, and he's in um, he's in Sons of Anarchy. He's a pretty big character in Sons of Anarchy. Oh, really? They, yeah, yeah. And he's an interesting guy because he has, like, scars right here on his mouth, like, kind of like the Joker. Interesting, okay. Yeah, I, I, he's an Irish guy, so I'm wondering if, like, maybe it was some sort of, like, Irish gang thing. Because I know that's the thing that they do is, like, cut your face like that. I did not know that. That's the guy that
1: they actually physically – you see them throwing out the airlock, right? Yeah,
0: like it's it's a a fantastic fucking shot because he's just like floating there and he looks scared. And then you see – one of the best things about it is that you see the Ravagers looking at him and essentially see what he would see last before he died. And uh, it's just so well done. It's like a really disturbing sequence and, you know, it gets
1: you. And I I also want to comment too that um, before that, uh, we see what the Ravagers are doing on Contraxia which is like a you know no no rules planet kind of thing uh right. and he runs into some of the original guardian characters from you know uh b- before this iteration uh you know so sylvester stallone is um is starhawk and uh and i think it's just it's just martin next there i think after that right but he he says something to him like you know you broke the code you did the one thing and there's that is a really great scene where he says like do you think I take pleasure out of like exiling you. I like, don't like you broke our heart. You broke all our hearts. Yeah. Uh, and I think that really um, is a nice contrast to this mutiny here because, you know, uh, he keeps uh, Yondu keeps kind of letting Quill get away with things that he wouldn't normally do uh, let anybody else get away with. They think he's going soft. So I think it's a nice setup from the last movie that continues on here. Um, and I really like that connection.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yondu gets so much development in this mo- development in this movie. It's crazy. You know that they set it up so there's a lot of development for him, and then when he dies, there's this big payoff. I don't know if you um, I think you might have even been the one that shared the article with me, but it was like Gamora was the original person they were planning on killing.
1: Yeah, uh, that that's true, and I and that that would have been a, a, a clear like you know it was clearly stated that that you know they're killing this character to advance Quill's story, so that would have been you know fridging. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think what we got here is
0: so much better than what they could have come up with, whatever it could have been. Exactly, I completely agree. Um, yeah, they, they like turned and focused it all on, y- on Yondu and kind of like his redemption. And Yondu, the character, um, is now like they have that version of Yondu in the current Marvel comics, even though the Yondu from the Guardians comic is like in the future. In like, yeah, I,
1: I, I will say that you know, I, I read the the 90s version of the guardians like i had a whole bunch of issues um and when they in, first introduced yondu and in in, you know the previous movie i'm like this is weird this doesn't feel right this is I'm like i wasn't like a huge yondu fan or anything like that right but i'm like this is so different like than what he was because um i, I almost uh, he, he almost seems like a sort of like a native american allegory to me Sure, sure sure um and he's very very different in that movie but to me
0: it's like by the end of this movie i'm like this is better like this yes. is flat out better <laughs> right and and that's kind of the way i felt with all the guardians characters and um like he like you know he dies obviously and it's this kind of tragic moment but there's that i'm mary poppins y'all which i know that was sort of like a meme that was going on and, and michael rooker is just so likable too yeah he has such an amazing set piece that is maybe even the highlight of this whole movie Um, When he lets his arrow free. Yes. Yes. That you always talk about um,
1: scenes that you look forward to seeing. And I tried to keep that in the back of my mind. I'm like, that's one of them. That scene set to that song, come a little bit closer, um, which is not the version that I'm used to hearing. Right. Um, And uh, it is so perfect. This, them just strolling through that arrow, killing every the aerial
0: shots, everything about that scene is perfect. Yep. Yep. Totally agree, man. Yeah. Um, and that's, once again, like, that's a song that I just learned because of James Gunn, you know, um, with, uh, the Ravagers though, you know, we have Kraglin too who I know has kind of become like a bigger member of the team. And I think he's going to be a bigger part of, um, you know, the third one, but like, he's the one that actually says, Hey, come on. You always pick Quill's side. And there's this sort of like this feeling of, you know, Kraglin is sort of, uh, Yondu's son and then Quill is kind of Yondu's son and he's like kind of preferring Quill all the time and then you have this stuff with Ego and Quill as his son so th- there's all this like daddy issue stuff and there's this fantastic line that Yondu has at the very end he says like he might have been your father but he-, he wasn't your daddy or something like that Best and, line
1: uh, of the movie, absolute best line in the movie
0: yeah 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 so um, you know we talked about like kind of the father stuff then there's also this stuff with uh, Gamora and Nebula, and I think that, like, this you, you talked about, like, how this is kind of the only tissue that really connects to um Infinity War and I guess Endgame 2, but you really need this piece to make that piece work in Infinity War, yes, and then Endgame 2.
1: Yeah, and and the scene where she arrives on Eagle's planet and starts attacking Gamora, I mean, it does seem convenient that it just happens so happens that she's walking out by herself in a field and the ship comes at that time, but. Um, the payoff of that scene is where I just wanted a sister. Another very powerful line of this movie works yeah. so goddamn well and how that just completely changes the context of their relationship right there um, is, is amazing really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because that reminded me of um, what I wanted to say earlier that like these movies in particular, but I think probably James Gunn's work in general is a lot about people that are screw ups That make poor choices. They might not even be that smart, but they kind of come together and they try to do the right thing. And it's it's that sort of interaction with all these people that is just so entertaining and so good, and you root for them. I mean, we clearly saw that in Peacemaker. I think the Suicide Squad is like where we kind of see it like the least, even though they're all like criminals and and fuck ups and stuff. You don't care for the Suicide Squad team as much as you care for the Peacemaker people. And the guardians.
1: Uh, well, yes, I, I, I. But I. I think the team came together with, with the, and and with that whole we, we have to you know we're screwed up but we got to do this because uh, the whole end against Star like they could have left like their mission was done, they could have and should have left but they said like no we're gonna do this and I I did care about those end characters that were still left you know uh, yeah. board yeah. and Ratcatcher two and uh, Pokemon Man and King yeah. Shark although maybe King Shark a little bit less i guess oddly i thought i would love him but i think um this uh there's so many different takes on him now and i i i don't know i felt like it was a little lackluster
0: yeah yeah um well so we talked about like kind of you know the, the ragtag group and all the weirdos and stuff and then uh we mentioned father relationships so let's talk about ego too so so kurt russell you're a big fan right
1: Love Kurt Russell. Uh yes. he, he is an icon of the silver screen to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> the I man agree. can play Santa Claus and just and just work it. Like <laughs> right, right. You watch those movies, the, the Christmas Chronicles? They're good. Okay. Well, <laughs> the second one goes a little through. The first one is actually a really good Christmas movie. Okay, okay. Um he sings. So, he sings like a blues song. I can't remember what he sings. It's 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 fantastic.
0: Nice, okay. Uh well, you know, I'm a big Kurt Russell fan too, and when they said that he was ego the living planet, it, like that's the weird thing, right? Is that I, I can't say, Oh, I love this like ego the living planet story arc, or I really love his previous appearance in a cartoon. You know, it's like I've seen him before in some things, and he's just a fucking planet with like a beard, right? Yeah. Um, so when you see that Kurt Russell is cast as him, you think like, What? Like, what is this? This I, I, he almost seems like um, what is it, Jason of spark Spartex? Yes. Yeah. I,
1: I a hundred percent think that they modeled his, his avatar after Jason of Spartax while yeah. merging it with the backstory and character of ego. hundred percent there. But honestly, I prefer this. Yeah. hundred percent prefer this. Um, I think Kurt Russell, it's like you see Kurt Russell and he's doing these nice things and you see everything he seems great. And you know, something bad is going to happen. I mean, we all, we kind of know, we know what ego is you know he's he's not exactly he's not a hero he's not really a villain i guess but he's a, a cosmic being that doesn't really give a shit about human problems and stuff you know right um but i just like that that it's this bright shiny thing and then that that's the villain and then you know you have yondu who is this kind of like you know backward planet rogue and then he's the, the heroic dad you know like, i love that comparison there
0: Yes. Yes,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And, and even though that I know that that twist and that flip is coming, like it's still, I like can still work. I was still like in it in the moment when it, when he says like, Oh, I I, I had, I it really hurt when I had to give your mother cancer. Like he says, it so nonchalantly, you know, yeah. and like it's such a good scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Russell. I mean, it shows his acting abilities, right? Like there's a reason why these people stand out and we love them so much. Um, he goes through a whole range in this movie where I think he is one of the more sinister and scary Marvel villains, because, oh, I, I mean, I mean, there's, I, I, think he's the direct result of a bunch of children being murdered, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, he plans on, you know, essentially remaking the whole universe in his image. But, you know, when he's sitting there and he, you mentioned the song Brandy before and how it's throughout the whole movie, when he's explaining the lyrics to uh, Star-Lord, that's a great scene. Um, when he's talking about like what his experience was just as a celestial by itself, like that's just exposition. And you know how I get annoyed by exposition, but it's it's all in his delivery and the emotion behind it. That makes it not boring, not filler. It's, it's poignant stuff. It's about his character. Yeah. You know? and, and like I said, it
1: informs that line that uh, that's why it hurt me so much to give your mother cancer. Right. Like, like it, it's just matter of fact, like, you know, yesterday was Tuesday. I gave mother um, <laughs> you know, another cancer and all of that beforehand just informs that sentence and that line delivery so much.
0: Right. Cause he says, I returned to earth three times or I, I went to earth three times and I knew by the fourth time that I, I would never leave or something like that. So I had yeah. to give her cancer. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, th- there is one sequence though that I, I need to mention. I, I have to mention this because, um, I said to you that, like, and I say this often, that that, that syncing up of, like, imagery and music in movies kind of gives you, like, this transcendent feeling sometimes. And, and The Transformers, the movie, has so many moments where, like, the music is just perfectly synced up with the imagery, right? Um, this movie has this moment that gets me every single time. Sometimes I'll just watch this moment by itself. But it's when they go to Ego's Planet, and it's playing My Sweet Lord by uh george harrison yep it's like it's just it's shot so perfectly and like i I I, see, I I do a disservice trying to describe it but it's like the way the guitar sounds like fits with the action that like the way their ship is moving on the screen and then when when like bubbles float into the screen it kind of goes along with like the, the chiming noise and and you know the chorus coming in it's just it's so perfect
1: it feels like i mean i know it's 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 a george harrison solo song but it feels like a fucking beals video you know
0: right 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 and and like james gunn consistently does like the suicide squad i keep kind of ragging on it but like that's the weakest of all of these and yet even that has these great fucking sequences in it too yeah yeah so um there was one other sequence um that i kind of forgot about i forgot I knew that like Star-Lord kind of turns the table on Ego at the very end and, you know, kind of fights back. But I forgot that it was to Fleetwood Max the chain.
1: Oh, yeah. That was good, too. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. that's when he first kind
1: of realizes. Uh, first, the scene starts with, I don't control the, uh, the arrow with my my head. I control it with my heart. And then you hear the chain and he realizes he has this power and he's going at uh, Ego. And that's fantastic
0: exactly it like that sequence is so well done because like you see each guardian kind of fall and it's like this real miserable thing where they're being like covered by rock and stuff and then like he fights back and it's, it's sort of like this you know man of steel kind of battle where they're flying through the, the air punching each other and uh then each guardian gets loose and like when they get loose it like syncs up with like notes in the song too and it's like real like oh yondu's free and Gamora's is yeah. free it, it's so fucking good man yeah so, um, I know I've, like, kind of prattled along a lot, but what, what else do you want to say about this movie? Pratt? Prattled? prattled. Chris Prattled! <laughs> <laughs> what what else you got for this?
1: Um, um You know, just... We, we didn't talk too much about Drax or Mantis. Oh, yeah, yeah. And maybe their roles are not that large in this movie. I mean, Drax really is largely used for comic relief. There's not much to... If you had to say there was... Um, a character with this, like a, the least amount of arc, I would probably say it's Drax and Mantis. Yeah, but I still think if there's something satisfying about it, the of their friendship, which kind of sets up, you know, um, uh, the, the the holiday special later on. Honestly,
0: yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Clearly, they have a friendship. We kind of see it even in like Infinity War too. Um, but yeah, they're really funny. There is actually one really great scene where he's sitting with her and he mentions his family and then she like touches him just to kind of see what it feels like and she's sort of overwhelmed because of his grief and i think this it's this great way of showing like oh this is what it's like inside this guy all the time he just seems silly yeah but he's like truly suffering um yeah and dave batiste is just so fucking funny in this too
1: yeah absolutely i i still still i would still pick him as my favorite
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and, and palm Coving Teeth is a good addition to the cast like she says some like super funny shit there's like one part where she sees rocket raccoon and she's like this what did she say she says something like this crabby puppy is making me is so cute i want to die she says something like that right <laughs> it's, it's, i
1: i love the prank the, the the practical joke part where where she asked can i pet your puppy right and drax is like yeah <laughs>
0: yeah 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 he like nods then the the,
1: the, the over over the top laugh afterwards right right yeah
0: even that sequence because like when they marketed this movie when they showed the trailers they showed that scene where they're going over the bomb and rockets going through the steps and Groot's like I am Groot and then um they also showed the sequence where like she touches Quill and she finds out that he's in love with Gamora and like you'd think that wouldn't land after seeing the movie and seeing the trailer so many times, but I, I think that seems real funny still.
1: Yeah, it did. It was great. Both, yeah. both scenes were, the, with Groot hitting the button and, and, and the scene with Mantis too. Um, yeah, everything, yeah. I, I think they all landed to me.
0: Nice, man. Well, so then why don't we go ahead and talk about our rankings and if our rankings have changed for this movie?
1: Um, I just, just want to also just, oh. uh, again, accentuate the, you know, the, the 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 kind of twist where i, I mentioned earlier you know ego is, is the the shiny you know charismatic dad and rich dad and then you know Yando is kind of like the rough around the edges kind of bad dad but it's just really the complete opposite and all that stuff just hits so hard when they right. flip that around there and then you know i'm mary poppins y'all and then you know he may be your father but i'm your daddy and just all of that stuff the, the and then The second, uh, you know, all the Guardians are fleeing, fleeing the ship uh, and, you know, Rocket knows he has to take off with it or that's it. And Quill's still behind there. Um, And everyone's like, where's Quill? And that's all great Um, because, you know, they're all so tight knit and they don't want to leave anybody behind. And the conversation that Rocket and Yondu have about, um, you know, from earlier, it's just, it comes to a head of how how they're the same and then how he needs to change and not do what Yondu is doing, uh, right. and then the second ro- Yon, uh, sorry, Rocket gives Yondu the, the the backpack and the the little shield thing. Although it's like a MacGuffin, whatever. Um, the purpose it serves, man, uh, just you you know you know exactly what's gonna happen there.
0: Yeah, um, right.
1: and it was just fantastically executed. Um, how he sacrifices himself to save Peter in the end, you know, and establishes himself as, as you know the father that he never knew he
0: had. Yeah, completely agree. You know, uh, with Rocket, I know that they had an actual raccoon, like, on set and stuff to use sort of as a reference for him. And he just looks so realistic. You're never sitting there thinking, like, oh, that's a computer animated person. You just think that's this, you know, kind of creature that looks just as real as anybody else in this movie. And uh, Bradley Cooper, you know, I think he gets kind of under, like, underappreciated because his delivery and stuff as Rocket has such a range, too. Yeah, Sometimes I forget it's even him, honestly. Right, right. But, yeah, he has this great line. You know, he, he zaps Gamora right at the end. He's like, I, I can only lose, like, one friend. friend today. today. Oh, man. Ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So so great. And then the very last shot of the movie is, you know, they have the funeral for, um, you know, Yondu, and they're playing that Cat Stevens song. And I, my other friend, who's a big MCU fan, he says this movie's so fucking great. And he, he says that end scene is so great. I guess
1: the Ravager funeral, all those old guys, because they told them what happened,
0: and, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, he he redeemed himself, and then the very last shot is uh, kind of a somber shot, and it's sort of Rocket just thinking to himself, and I always thought, I'm like, okay, this is setting up the third movie. Like, the third movie's going to be about Rocket, and it's going to be something with him, and it might be his last movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, well then, with that being said, the third movie's coming out this week. And it's going to add to our Marvel rankings. We should talk about where the two Guardians movies fall in our rankings. So, what are they in your top 10? Yes, now they are. Now they are. All right. So, you well, are. Two was,
1: two was always there. I did move it up.
0: Nice. Okay. Um,
1: I, again, I have a problem with recency bias. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I, I can't keep the knowledge of 30, 32, 33 movies in my head. At
0: all times. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so then you want to give me your top 10?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, so, and, uh, number 10, I have guardians one, which, which came up. Um, I, I, I got over my slight issues with the end sequence and the sort of lackluster villain, I think it's great. Um, next I have captain America, civil war, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: then I have Avengers. Uh, then Infinity War, uh, oh, have Winter Soldier, okay, Thor Ragnarok, yeah, Guardians
0: Two, whoa, Endgame, whoa, no way home. oh, you with the No Way Home? I knew that was going to be in there. It's yeah, number one. I mean, you've known that. You've done that for a
1: while. I've been I, I, that. It's been there since that movie came out. I'm not changing shit, that. <laughs> not enough. yet. Anyway.
0: Okay. Well, mine has shifted, and I need to change my whole lineup. But, yeah. um, but we were real close, and then there's a drastic difference. But for my number 10, I have the first Iron Man, because I think that's like a good, well-rounded movie. I, th- I think, uh, you know, Bob Downey Jr. is fantastic. Then I have Civil War, which that's synced up with you, right? You have Civil War for nine? Uh, yes. Then I have Avengers. That's synced up with you too, right? Yes. Okay. Then I think you put Infinity War here. Yes. Right. Okay, I have the Winter Soldier here, then okay. I have Thor Ragnarok, then I have, okay. for my number one, two, three, four, five, for my five, I have Guardians of the Galaxy, then okay. I have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 as my number four, then I have Endgame, Black Panther, and then Infinity War. Okay, so the only movie we have different
1: then is oh, I Iron, guess Man. Two, Iron Man, and uh, you don't have Thor Ragnarok, right?
0: No, Thor Biden Rock is my number six. Number six? Okay, wait. Yeah, I'll go through it one more time real quick.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Iron Man's... The, so what do I have that you don't have then? Did I not you, do ten?
0: You have You have No Way Home. I don't have No Way Home.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. I, I Honestly, I need to go back and just watch all of these fucking movies in order. Maybe I'll get to do that with, with my daughters, too. But... um you know, these Guardians movies have always had a place in my heart just because I love the comics so much. And I feel like, like, I, just a little short story. There was a, a year at one of my schools where we had to make a decoration with pumpkins, right? And they said, do something creative. And so I did a picture, I did a pumpkin, but I made it into Groot, where it had like sticks and stuff. And and then I had like a little rocket raccoon next to it. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm so full of shit. I used sticks to make Groot. And then I made the pumpkin into a raccoon because my school's mascot was a raccoon, right? And um, this was like maybe two years before Guardians even came out. And I was like, they're going to make this movie and everyone's going to love this movie. They're going to love these two characters. And I, I felt like so <laughs> fucking, like I was fucking Nostradamus, right? But, <laughs> but, you know, it was true. And I'm like, I knew they were going to love this these characters because it's just, they're so much fun.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, boy, did they pick the right fucking person to make them. Yeah. You excited about the third one now?
1: Yeah, I'm hearing, uh, I mean, every every headline you see is sensationalist, but like, uh, I'm excited. I I hear you're in, we're in for a ride. Um, And I'm, I'm, I'm almost, uh, I, I almost don't want to bring my son at first. Some of a little afraid it's going to be a little too much emotionally, but
0: yeah. um, we're, we're doing it, so. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I've heard consistently, and maybe this might be a reason why I don't want to bring Brandon, is I heard there's, like, a lot of, like, animal cruelty in it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. I heard that, yes. So let me ask you this. Uh, you know, um, this is one bit of news. Did you see any of the Fantastic Four casting news today? No. Okay. Oh, no. Okay, okay. okay. So, there's this dude, I think he's Irish, and I I, I clicked on one of these articles. I feel like it's, like, total clickbait kind of stuff, and I totally fell for it. But it's, like, a young kid. I think he's Irish because he's in, like, this Irish, like, love story show that my wife really loved. Can't remember his fucking name, but they were saying that he might be uh, Johnny Storm, right? Okay. Then they announced the rumors that they have about the thing, and I felt like I was being punked. Oh, no. And that might be a clue as to the rumors about the thing.
1: Oh no! I I oh. oh have you time. not
0: heard? Have you not, I have not heard, heard? I haven't
1: heard anything since the last time I saw something about Adam Driver and Mister Fantastic.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Let's let's do a little fun little exercise. Picture the last fucking person you would ever picture playing the thing, and just say, just say it. I, I don't know. And and it could be like a random thing. Kind of Kanye West. Kanye West would almost make more sense than this.
1: Oh, God. That's horrible.
0: <laughs> um, for the thing... I, picked,
1: I, I said Kanye West is a joke because, you know... Yeah. The thing is a, is a
0: proud Jewish character, and Kanye West is not a fan of Jewish people. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Literally, we're talking about the thing. Um, it, it, it is a potential Jewish actor... But okay. the rumor—this is why I felt like I was being punked. Mila Kunis. What? Mila
1: Kunis. I mean, I know that they had. Uh, um, they had, was it was Alicia uh, the thing for a while? Alicia Masters. Yeah, I think so. I couldn't remember. I know they did that, but um,
0: no. I, I'm I'm telling you today. I I read the rumor but They were saying Mila Kunis. I don't know if I'm being fooled or something, but they were saying that was the rumor and that no, people you
1: can't do that. No, um, I mean nothing against Mila Kunis, but that's uh,
0: you know no, I, I don't
1: I don't think this is the right place for a gender swap. I mean, if if you were doing if this was like a subsequent movie and you already had Ben Grimm somewhere, um, you know, it, it and you were doing the Alicia Masters version where she's the or has a thing body or whatever. I don't remember how that happened anymore. Uh, <laughs> I think that's fine. But as an introduction to it, like you can't break the foundation. I don't think here.
0: Oh, look who's, who's commented oh. over here. Mr. Oh. Dr. Zayas G.O.D. Danny Torquell. Hasn't this actor denied all rumors? Probably. I mean, Happy they, bur- they all do though. Everybody has to deny these things.
1: It's like, they're it's like in their contracts.
0: Yeah. Happy birthday to Danny, by the way, his birthday was, uh, Yesterday, or two days ago, two days ago, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's on our other channel, the Lassercast. If you want to hear me talk about horror movies and stuff too. Um, so, so you're not buying the Mila Kunis? Uh there's no way,
1: man. There's no, there's no way that they're they're gonna do that. Like I, like, they can absolutely. I mean, they really do need to cast a Jewish person as yeah. this character. I think. Yeah. Um, and and but um. I don't know. Cause that's such an important part of his character, honestly. Yeah, and, uh, I, I I don't think they can this is a, a, a proper thing to race swap. I'm not race swap, gender swap.
0: Right, right. Danny is saying seeing Guardians of the Galaxy three on Sunday. Can't wait. Oh, we got you beat this time finally, Torquel. Which is tomorrow. Not midnight like you do, but yes. <laughs> I'm not anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not going, I'm going after work tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. All right. Well, this is our Guardians discussion for the week and then i guess our next week's episode around this time will be um volume three and then we'll, brian and i just have to figure out what the fuck we're gonna do there's also a writer's strike which is probably gonna affect the shows that we review too oh my god yeah. Uh, yeah i've seen i've
1: seen news of a lot of things shutting down production i know you rec- you've uh, reviewed yellow jackets a lot uh that shut down season three i believe after one day of production
0: oh no and then you
1: know, <laughs> All kinds of staples like Saturday Night Live stopped and all, all the late night shows, yes, um, yeah. And, and and you know, I sent you a tweet the other day about this is this is just a reminder of what happened in the last Rider <laughs> Strike, and it's like Revenge of the Fallen, J.J. Rise of Cobra, Quantum of Solace. Um, what else was in there that was that was in that tweet? Um, um, everything was was awful. X Men Origins, Wolverine. X- oh my god, Wolverine, Terminator, Salvation, Dragon Ball. <laughs> Oh
0: my God! What a time!
1: Oh my God! Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was a
0: pretty shit again, time. People. Yeah, please. Let's let's get this resolved pretty quickly so we can get back into recording our shows. I know that House of the Dragon they were able to finish all their scripts and so they're going to film them all. uh Oh, Danny wrote the Lost Curse is happening.
1: Yeah, that's true. That 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 took place during the last strike as well.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um.
1: Yeah, I, I, and I saw that news about House of the Dragon. Uh, but it, it still doesn't make me feel at ease because a lot of script uh, changes can happen during the filming of a season, especially with movies, you know, that a lot of them is, are getting changed filming that day. Yeah. Um, I, I, maybe that doesn't happen as much with TV shows. I'm not really sure. But um, just the idea that if something were to come up, you know, they couldn't really consult anybody. So they have to stick with the original draft of, or the final draft of that script Um I don't know. I like that. I like the, I, like the I, I would feel more comfortable with it if they had the ability to fix something with someone that, you know, wrote it in the first place. Yeah. Rather than yeah. someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Because like with Quantum of Solace, I remember like they were asking Daniel Craig. They were like, oh, what do you think James Bond would do? You
1: know? Yeah. yeah that, that's what I heard. The only people that were allowed to script write on that movie. I haven't even seen the movie, honestly. Um, oh. Or Daniel Craig and the director whose name I can't remember off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, no, I, I actually thought Karma Sauce was not that bad in hindsight, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's still not that good. <laughs> yeah, cool, man. All right, well, this is our Guardians discussion, and we'll be back next week for Guardians Volume 3. Thank you, Danny, and everyone else. Make sure you like and subscribe.